welcome you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. Hello and happy Tuesday. I am so excited to be back recording. We had to take a few weeks off. I'm sure most of you have noticed. It has been Mercury retrograde. Oh my goodness, it kicked my butt. So between my surgery and the fire evacuations, life has just been tough. And that's okay because we get to walk through it. And today's guest, I am so excited for. We've had to reschedule and I cannot wait for you guys to meet Kay. Kay Allison was a senior vice president at a global ad agency and a single mom and her drinking started to escalate to the point that she went alcohol free. Very similar to my story so I resonate so deeply with Kay. Kay has helped hundreds of women stop the drinking spiral and live wildly successful and satisfying lives substance-free using her Juicy AF program. Kay is an executive coach, a clairvoyant, and a minister, and she's been a professor of Northwestern University. She's an author of two books, including Juicy AF, Alcohol-Free, Stop the Drinking Spiral, Unleash Your Future, which will be published in January of 2023. I know after COVID, a lot of us are silently struggling with alcohol, substances, other things to fill that void. We had to sit with ourselves for a very long time. And I love the new direction that as a collective, we are heading in that we no longer need to depend on substances to make us feel good. There are so many modalities out there. There is healing available and there is freedom, like you can be free. And so today we're gonna talk about the five spiritual laws and I am just so honored to have Kay on the show today. So without further ado, let's welcome Kay to The Sweetest Little Life. Welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so excited for today's conversation. How are you? Hi, Courtney, this is I'm doing great today. Totally energized to talk to you. Oh, I can't wait. I've really been looking forward to this. So I always like to kick off the show and really hear your journey, where you've been, where you're going, and what you're doing now. All right, let's dive right in. So I grew up in a family of four, and then I came along and was kind of the fifth wheel. (laughs) My parents were connected, my older sisters were really connected, and I was supposed to have been a boy. So existentially, from the get-go, I got the message that something was wrong with me. And um, I grew up in a very quiet, studious, intellectual family, and 
I was so bored and I felt like such an outcast, you know, I, you can't see me, but I'm wearing big red glasses and hair is white and I have all this color around me. And I, I joke that my mother's house was 50 shades of beige. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You're my people. I'm just <laughs> here for it. Oh gosh. And so drinking to me was a life of color and magic and endless possibility, glamour, making me feel good enough and pretty enough and thin enough and sexy enough and all that enough enough stuff. And um, so I started drinking in high school. I was invited to a party, a keg party. I was a freshman in high school and I was invited by this upperclassman who drove, which is really cool. And I remember getting that first red plastic cup of beer. And then I remember rolling around, making out on the floor with a different guy. (laughs) (laughs) And home when he you know, help me get out of the car. He gave me a little shove and he said, somebody had a little too much to drink tonight. And that's basically what I did for the next 25 years. Yeah. You know? I I do know very well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, different people, different players, different circumstances, but fundamentally, Courtney, that's what I did. Yeah. Um, because I had this fear that I was not good enough, I was super driven. I was a straight A student. I went to Northwestern University. I, you know, I was very achievement oriented. And um, when I, when everything really came to a head for me, it was 1999. I was a senior vice president of a global in Chicago. I lived in a really glamorous part of downtown. I drove a fancy late model imported car. Uh, You know, I had custody of these two amazing kids and um, thought I looked great from the outside. Well, unbeknownst to pretty much everybody, I was drinking at least a bottle of wine, if not more, by myself at Mm -hmm. night, you know, three, four, five nights a week. And I think I don't look like what people think when they think alcoholic, Mm -hmm. which is why I hate that word, you know? Um, So yeah, that's where I was. And I had skipped by many, many moral lines, sleeping with inappropriate people, driving drunk. Um, I mean, just the crazy stuff we do when we're addicted to something. It was the night when my children, I had set out to not drink that night. And about 10.30, I thought, oh, one little glass isn't going to hurt. And my kids, who were then 9 and 16, had to undress me and put me to bed. Mm. And I was done. Mm. I was done. The chasm between how I thought of myself and who I wanted to be as a mom and the stark reality of what I was actually doing 
was intolerable. My stomach just sunk. I, I, I know that feeling very, very well. (laughs) And I was done and I haven't had a drink since then. So since August 9th of 1999, it's a long time to not have a drink of alcohol, my dear. That is a very long time. Congratulations, one. <laughs> Thanks, Courtney. It's not an easy feat. It's actually easier than the alternative. Yes, true that. <laughs> when you put it like that, yes. So how did Juicy AF come into fruition? Where, when did that start? Well, it is in the starting right now. We're in the um, starting of it. We're in the starting. Yeah, okay. What inspired you to do this? Several things. Number one, I started an online 12-step meeting at the beginning of the lockdowns with COVID. Mm-hmm. Very early on, like early March of 2020. Oh, like at the beginning, and beginning. Beginning, beginning. And what I thought I was doing was creating a um, everyday meeting for myself and the women that are like in my social circle. Right. What it's become is a daily meeting with 50 to 70 people from all over the world. My gosh. Wow. Wow. Courtney. Literally, at least a hundred people have gotten sober from that meeting. And the experience of seeing somebody come in, you know, hungover, skin kind of Mm -hmm. dull eyes, crying, to a month later, that pilot light beyond behind their eyes is turned back on. Oh, I love that. I love that so much that I want more of it because I'm an addict. So, (laughs) (laughs) so hence juicy AF that's, that's number one. There is a, I have found, although 12 step programs really helped me start to navigate an alcohol free world it doesn't really work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true for a lot of women. It's very male. It's very Christian. And um, it has the undertone of harshness and being punitive. I think when AA was created in the 1930s, men were king of the castle and they came in with these gigantic bloated egos. And so all this ego puncturing was a great antidote. But for women who feel like I do, like we're not good enough, telling ourselves that we're liars, cheats, and thieves, and that we're selfish, dishonest, resentful, and a day. I love how you're quoting the big book. (laughs) (laughs) I what after 23 years <laughs> oh yeah that's that's I, I I love that you bring that up I'm always a little mm, to share this openly but I feel this is the conversation to do it in um 
I was sober before in my early 20s and actually celebrated my 21st birthday sober. And I was very involved in AA. And I like to the point, like, you know how there's those like culty book studies. Um, I was in all of those like huge big book thumpers. Right. And it was so ego. It was so God complex. It was so, but I was 21 young girl. I didn't, I didn't know. And so that was my life. My entire life was AA. I didn't hang out with anyone who wasn't an AA. I didn't know how to communicate with anyone that wasn't like big book talk. Like it was really toxic. And I obviously relapsed and spent the next 10 years drinking and spiraled super hard. And for a while I maintained, I was just, that was the thing to do. Moms have wine nights. Mom, you know, it was like acceptable. No one knew what I was drinking when no one was around. My husband was a firefighter. So when he was gone, I could drink and no one would know. And it's interesting because when I got sober this time, I did go to treatment, um, but it was a very different treatment. It was actually trauma therapy. And I addressed all the trauma that had been dealt with and I had never faced it. And with that, I started exploring different modalities that I had never been given the permission to explore before because it was always AA. And so I really, really struggled at first and I tried to go to the meetings and I just, they just didn't resonate for me and I couldn't find good ones and I was struggling. So I love that you created that. Because for me this time, it was like, you know, I'm not going to do that direction. I'm going to go a different direction. And it worked for me. And what works for me isn't going to work for the next person. But it was like giving myself permission to explore different things. So I love that you say that because that's exactly how I felt this go around. I was like, this is like so patriarchal and like toxic and everyone thinks they're God and it's crazy the ego that gets involved. No, granted, that's not all meetings, but you know, my personal experience with them. I wish you could see me because I'm over here nodding vigorously. Oh, I'm like, she's silent. Oh no. (laughs) And that's why I created Juicy AF. It is a fully comprehensive alternative to AA. Mm. So it has practical actions that people take. 10 of them, not 12, Courtney, 10. Uh, There is connection, but I teach people, I teach women, it's women only to start with. So personal actions of transformation. The second component, action. And I teach people how to consciously design connection, one conversation at a time. And then the third component is intuition, which is my way today of talking about spirituality that isn't, you know, a cloud man in a white robe. Mm. Wow. I'm in. Sign me up. Okay, I will. The first three. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even need the other seven. No, that... You know, that, that concept too, so many people go out on because not everyone can get with religion. I know that in 12 steps, they talk a lot about, you know, higher power and you don't have to call them. You don't have to call it God. The the history of AA is that it was, it came from spiritual, uh, religious, Christian context. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the, you know, repent of your sins piece 
is very Christian. Yeah. Where I find I'd much rather focus on and grow my progress and how well I'm practicing honesty or humility and where I've done well, because we know it's one of the spiritual principles that what you focus on grows Mm. where, where your energy goes, your, you know, your attention goes. And so when I focus on what I'm not doing well and where I'm insufficient, that gets bigger but if I focus on where I am doing, I am honest and where I am humble and where I do forgive and where I am kind, then those things get bigger in my world as well. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So now I have to hear the other seven. I'm intrigued. Oh, so, so, so like I got to know. Okay. So the 10 personal actions start with assessing what's working and what isn't. The second is articulate your ideal future self. The third is commit 100% to experiment. The fourth is redesign your habits and your environment. Number five, identify your old stories. Number six, substitute spiritual principles. Seven, learn how to practice. Eight, forgive yourself and others. Nine, focus on progress. And 10, connect through service. Wow. I, that, that is juicy as fuck. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> circle. I love it. Oh, thanks, Courtney. It's meant to be an invitation to learn experientially, to learn by doing. I don't want anybody to take anything I say as being dogma or the truth. What I, how I have this structure, this program is an invitation to experiment with some new ideas and some new actions. And then people can learn from their own experience and keep what works and ditch the rest. And if none of what I've invented so far works, I'll create nine more things for people to try, right? It's not dogmatic, pedantic, you got to do it my way or you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I just hope you know how many lives you're going to change. It's just incredible. I am on a mission. I feel like everything I've done in my life up till now has put me in this place. And this feels completely aligned with my purpose in the world. Nothing lights me up more than seeing somebody else just radiate with joy. And then I think about Courtney, God, it's not just them, it's their families. Mm -hmm. It's the people that love them, that they interact with. Oh, that's where I get goosebumps. I, I know I have them all over. this, <laughs> And it's so true because one person changes and it's, it's such a domino effect. And that, I mean, same with healing too. I mean, we, 
we inspire people and we do these things and then they go out and heal other people. And it's like, this is how collective healing happens is one person makes the change. And it's like this beautiful domino effect. Truly. It's just beautiful. It's so meaningful. So I know today we are focused on the five spiritual laws and I, well, I mean, we could talk about this for 10 hours very easily. So I am going to let you take the floor on what that looks like. And if we could, I love to give the audience really ways. Well, one, I know a lot of people are going to walk away from this episode in general, fired up and inspired, but I really like to give tools for the tool belt that they can start implementing. Woo, can't talk today. Implementing into their lives with these five spiritual laws. So if we could somehow incorporate that, I would love that. Why don't I quickly just give you the headlines on what the five spiritual laws are, and then we can talk about each one of them in a little bit more detail. Does that work? Done and done. That's perfect. Spiritual law number one, what you think on grows. Where your attention goes, your energy goes. Number two, the law of substitution. Number three, actions first, feelings follow. Number four, forgive to get free. And number five, connect in service. Number one, what you think on grows. I am idea, Courtney. From Freud, our culture has believed that we today are determined by what happened to us in our past. But there's psychological research that was done about 15 years ago that shows that our our ideal future self actually has more power over who we are today. Or it can if it's big enough and compelling enough and juicy enough. Mm. And so what I invite women to do is to get very clear about their ideal future self. You can make a vision board for what that is. You can meditate and ask to be shown what that is. You can daydream and write about, in my ideal future life, when I open my eyes in the morning and look out the window, I see, what, the Nile, the Eiffel Tower, a horse, like, what do you see when you look out (laughs) your window, (laughs) you know? Who, if anyone, is next to you? What kind of person? When you go and look in the mirror, what's your hair look like? What are you wearing? What are you excited about? What are you known for? These kinds of prompts help kind of shape the kinds of conversations that we want to be in and where we want to show up and how we want to show up. So that really is one is to create a very clear picture of your ideal future self. The reason why this is important when it comes to stopping drinking and creating an alcohol-free life is I drank because I thought it was magical and colorful. And if my future alcohol-free life isn't magical and colorful, why freaking bother? Right. 
I mean, I say to people, if it's not better AF, meaning also meaning alcohol free, why bother? (laughs) I went the dirty way. That's much more clever. (laughs) I mean, both work. (laughs) (laughs) So that's number one. Number two is the law of substitution. And this starts with identifying We all make up stories to make sense out of our experiences when we're very little people. And the story that I made up, the reason why nobody in my family paid attention to me, according to me, was because I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was two. That's what you think when you're two. It doesn't really serve you when you're 35 or 40 all that well. But telling myself to not think that doesn't help. And what I found personally was repeating affirmations about you really are enough. That also didn't work. But what I did find was if I could create a suite, if you will, of spiritual principles to substitute every time my brain went to that place, that's where I made transformation. I mean, Courtney, think of it as the equivalent of eat this, not that. So as I started to feel insecure, like I'm too young or I'm too old or I'm too fat or I'm too skinny, um, I would instead direct my thinking to compassion, honesty, and service. And to act from those spiritual principles rather than letting the old story that I created of I'm not good enough to create a different basis. Right. So that really has been the crux of my transformation is getting to identify what old stories are running me Mm. and resulting in consequences that I don't like and experimenting with, well, what's it like if I'm really, instead of being run by the, I'm not good enough to pretend to be something I'm not. What if I just practiced honesty instead? How does that work? When you first started stripping away the old thoughts and belief system, that vulnerability, that nakedness that we feel, right? What was something that you did that profoundly helped you to navigate that? You know, the feeling that I'm talking about, just getting no, in your car I and saying, I, no, I overshared. What are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> or feeling the need to text someone after a conversation and apologize. That was my big thing. I would have a conversation. I'd get too vulnerable and then be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I take it back. Oh, gosh. Those are such vulnerable moments, aren't they? Uh, I think uh, yes, the yes. only way to deal with them is to have them. Tim Ferriss says (laughs) that your success is completely correlated with conversations you're willing to have. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple things, Uh, you know, 
we are all surrounded by this ring of fear that can be denial, can be minimal, it can be justifying, justifying or blaming. Um, and what I find is that the way to tiptoe past that ring of fear, there really are three ways. The first one is to take steps that are so teeny, microcosmic, that they're laughable. Like instead of starting to meditate by trying to get in full lotus and setting aside an hour, watch your breath for 30 seconds. Like mm. it's such a goofy little amount of time that it makes you giggle rather than freak out, right? So right. that's one way. Second way is to tell the truth. Tell somebody what you're really, really afraid of. Just say it out loud to somebody. And the third way is to be connected to people, to be in conversation with other people that are doing the same thing and having the same experiences. Mm. Those are so powerful. I connection is, is something that I think a lot of us as women carry that sisterhood wound. Um, especially when we've struggled with substances or alcohol in the past, because we don't, you know, like attracts like, um, we don't choose the most quality people. Usually I know there's, you know, the one in a hundred that have an amazing set of friends, but usually we're not picking the best people to surround ourselves with. And, you know, finding that new connection and finding that safety and sisterhood again is something so profound and so powerful on our healing journey. I think a lot of times we, we isolate ourselves so bad towards the end. Absolutely. I know I did. I didn't have any girlfriends. I didn't mm -hmm. trust women. I mean, I didn't trust myself. Why would I trust somebody else? Um, what, what I teach women in my program, Courtney, is how to design conversations very, very consciously. So I teach women how to set in a conversation, how to tell the difference between what somebody's opinion and what's a fact, and how very specifically to make requests and offers and promises that are clear and clean and crisp. So there isn't a lot of room for confusion and working in such a deliberate kind of way to construct every conversation. A, at the beginning, it takes so much conscious work, but B, the consistency of doing that well is what builds trust. Mm. Yeah. When going back to the beginning, when we focus attention and our minds start to get a little squirrely and we're on the hamster wheel, how do you suggest that women remove themselves from the wheel? I think especially at the beginning, I have five M's that I suggest as a substitution for a drink when your brain is spiraling and swirling and so, so, so squirrely that you want to jump out of your skin. I will tell you what they are. Let's see. The first one is move. Walk really briskly for 
10 minutes. You don't have to go to the gym for an hour. So move is one. Count your breaths for 30 seconds. Masticate, right? So eat, eat something. It's probably sugar at the beginning, just whatever, right? Whatever at the beginning. Um, Oh, for some people, medication really helps, right? Naltrexone takes away your cravings or minimizes them. That sometimes is what people need to do. And my favorite one, Courtney, is masturbate. I mean, who doesn't feel better after an orgasm, right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The accuracy. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And they're all self-love. Right. I mean, anything can be taken to an extreme. I'm not saying, you know, hop from being a dick, whatever, to being a sex act. Because at the beginning, you know, nobody went to jail for eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's or a whole bag of Oreos. It just, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to comfort those first days, weeks, months. Yeah. And for the audience that is uh, sober curious or not there quite yet, you're wondering what we're talking about with the sugar. Alcohol is such a high sugar content that a lot of times when you stop, if you can just put sugar into your body, the craving will go away almost immediately. So that is what Kay is talking about right now. Exactly. Um, Yes. Mine was lemon drops. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yum oh now I have mm, my mouth is watering yeah you know the ones that are like coated in the sugar that are super oh, I bad for you yeah <laughs> and oh I'd have those everywhere with me oh and when I quit smoking cigarettes that was the that was my thing too always lemon drops is my go-to so I oh, I could talk we could do this for two hours I just looked at the time I'm so sorry um so for people that a well one so many questions let me just sort my thoughts here first one are you still doing that online meeting yeah i um that meeting still runs and i can give you the link for it courtney and you can post it in the the show notes notes. okay perfect i just want to be able to give people that resource if you feel that resonates for you and then Absolutely. second thing, if people want to work with you directly, what would be the HubSpot on connecting with you, on finding you? What I would love to offer your listeners is a download of the five spiritual laws. And you can get that by going to juicyaf.life forward slash laws. Okay. Beautiful. So we have a, we also have a, once you download the PDF and, and we send it to you, you get a series of emails that will invite you into that community. Perfect. And what I'll do too, is I'll make sure that all of these links are in the show notes for you guys. So you don't have to go searching too hard. You can just click whatever resonates for you and be able to join and sign up that way. If you are um, interested and you feel the need to reach out for help through this time, um, or if you're just looking at community. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I'm developing a 21-day invitation to experiment with being alcohol-free, and that'll launch in January of 2023. So if you sign up for the spiritual laws, you'll be on the list and you will know when that comes. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you, Kay, so much for sharing all your wisdom and your story and for what you're doing. Thank you very, very, very much. Courtney, I'm really glad that the way I'm thinking about things is landing with you. It's very validating. So thank you. And I really hope that the women that are listening to this got some value from what I had to say. Absolutely, they did. And then we will be in touch so soon. Thank you again for your time today and for being on The Sweetest Little Life. Thank you so much for listening to The Sweetest Little Life today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, feeling a little bit more lighter, a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button. As always, please, sharing is caring. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to get feedback, um, guest recommendations, all the things. And if you're not subscribed, hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.